So, Richie, as we were saying earlier in the bridge access while we were out in the nature yes. <laughs> for our mental well-being yes. and mental health awareness, that we're going to do an interview with a young man called Ashley. Um, Who you got in touch with? I did, yes, yes. Um, I actually saw his story on Facebook. Um, and it was in a group with the, the Mind group. Okay. Um, so it was in a mental health awareness group. Um, and he's raising funds at the moment for Mind. Um, and his story just, I don't know, it just struck home and struck a chord. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's... What came to me was his honest and quite humbling repertoire on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'd lost his sister to suicide, but he was trying to action. He was trying to make good of his loss. Um, okay. So um, I'll let you interview him. Thank I'll you. let you. That sounds up. I'll let oh, you. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see what Ashley's saying about everything. Yep. And then um, we'll come back and have a little discussion about it. Great. Fab. Cheers. Hi. How you doing, mate? How you doing? I'm just... Um... Yeah? How you doing, Richie? All right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, just... I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine, Ashley. Sorry, do I call you Ashley or Ash or what do you prefer? Yeah, call me Ash, please. That'd be fantastic. Okay, yeah, my mate. Friend, call me Ash. Are you Richie or Rich? Sorry. Well, it depends where it depends where you're from. In Scotland, it's Richie, but down south, it's Rich. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Well, I'm, I suppose I am south to some people. I'm certainly south of Scotland. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Well, I'm as you can tell by my accent. I'm originally from um, London. Yeah, I was thinking that that does that does sound uh, south of me actually. Yeah, so uh, I didn't. Know. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not up north. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not up north by any means. I don't think it's London. So no. And how did you end up? Are you in Scotland then? Yeah, I, I, I've lived in Scotland since uh, May the thirteenth, two thousand and five. Oh well, it is a cracking place. I, I am half Scottish myself, so um, yeah, oh, my yeah. father was. Yeah, my father was born in Inverness um, and lives in Edinburgh, so I go up there quite regularly to uh, to visit family. I'm actually up there next month for a wedding as well, so yeah, I'm half Scottish and, and very proud of that as well. So yeah, um, I mean Edinburgh is where I live for about a year. It's my favourite city in the whole world. I love Absolutely. going there. It's I'm... the most beautiful place. I love it. I yeah, I mean, in that city, it's quite compact, but it's got everything you need. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's it's just so, like you said, everything's there. But for me, it's just architecturally very beautiful. I think the people are really nice and yeah. it's just got so much heritage and, and history. And I don't know, there's just that warm feel to it. I just, I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on. But um, I go up there quite a bit, certainly over the festive period, and, and it's just really special, definitely. So, yeah, I'm glad glad I've got some, some sort of heritage there. My family living there, and, uh, yeah, we go up frequently. Yeah, but obviously I, I'm, I'm married to um, my wife from Dundee, and obviously my son was born in Edinburgh, so mm. it's, it's interesting when um, 
England play Scotland, who, who <laughs> I'm expected to cheer on. <laughs> yeah, well, I have that. I have the same predicament, obviously, with me being half Scottish and half English. Of course, yeah. So, yeah it's, uh, there's a lot going on there at the moment, isn't there? I mean, there's a lot going on everywhere, but um, certainly uh, another uh, another sort of challenging few months, I think, in, in the room to what's going to happen with the you know referendum and all that kind of thing, if it's going to go ahead and what have you. But yeah, yeah. Uh, keep your eye on, I guess. I, I think with regards to referendum, I think it'll be a year or two off. I think we, we really need to see off COVID. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I don't think we ever will get rid of it completely, COVID, but get no. to a level where we can deal with it, you know? Absolutely. I think it's, now is just not the time to be thinking about that kind of thing. And that's, that's my opinion. And, and I know that others share that. But yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Completely. yeah. All right. Well, I'm really chuffed that Val got in touch with you, Ash, because um, I I hadn't heard of you. So don't, I hope you don't mind me saying that. It was Val that you know found out about your yourself and, your, and what you're getting up to, and I was actually yeah. um, listening to you when he was on BBC Leeds, and I thought that was really, you know, quite inspiring to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was certainly um, that was actually one of one of the challenges was to get uh-huh. on, um, you know, into sort of public eye and a bit more in the media, of which you're supporting as well. Um, and yep. yeah, it was it was terrifying for me to to talk about some of that stuff, but completely worthwhile, and I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, yeah. just sharing yeah. some of that a bit about you know getting the the opportunity to talk about mental health and my experiences, but also the experiences of people around me and, and and for everyone as well and just to open up that conversation and talk a bit more openly about what should be a normal conversation around feelings and emotions um, and, and our own sort of mental health. So, yeah, and I appreciate, obviously, the opportunity that you guys are giving me as well. De- definitely. I mean, we're, we're hoping, obviously, on our end, the more people that listen to this, you know, obviously the, the better as well for, for you yeah. and for us. Absolutely, yeah. So, if you don't mind me, Ash, I'm going to start asking some questions now. Not at all. Okay, mate. Um, on our first question, Ash, could you tell us and our listeners just a wee bit about yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I'm, I'm I see myself as a very regular guy. I'm a I work in a building society. I work at Skipton Building Society at the moment. I'm a finance manager um, in a business partnering area. And like I said, just a really average guy trying to do trying to do some some sort of things that are a bit more extraordinary to myself. Um, I did uh, – this kind of comes from, you know, this movement where I'm trying to sort of raise awareness comes from sort of personal tragedy with my, with my sister. Um, I'm not really sure what kind of – trigger warnings we want to put out there but obviously it's worth mentioning at the moment there's you know that comes from a tragedy um, my sister's passing um she took her own life back in 2017 and yeah i guess that's kind of um it's really sort of changed my perspective um and made me think a lot more about mental health about my own mental health which is obviously been up and down over the years, but never more so since since my, my sister took her own life in 
Um, but yeah, I, I see myself as a very, very average person. Um, and I think that that's important to get across to people is that sometimes we look at, sometimes we look at things and think, well, that's well out of my reach. And I'm still looking at some of the challenges that I've got coming up and thinking that is just well beyond me. But what I'm trying to prove to people is that although things may seem out of reach and may seem difficult, that it's worth striving for some of those and in challenging ourselves and in our, in pushing ourselves um, like we may do for opening up conversations and having difficult conversations around mental health in challenging ourselves to do that sort of thing and really opening up that conversation and really mm-hmm. opening up my own eyes to the challenges that I'm taking on that actually we can achieve great things and you know a lot of, there's a lot of support out there for for people um, and it's it's incredible to see the support that people have for this particular cause that I'm that I'm trying to trying to um, raise awareness for. Okay. It's funny what what you were saying there. It was you've kind of gone over a little just a wee bit some of the questions I was gonna ask you. But anyway, um so I can come back to that in, in a sec, Ash. Do you and your family have a history of mental health issues? Um I think I think that there's definitely something in the family in terms of mental health issues but I think that really what I've come to realize is that more frequently than not there is someone in most families who is affected by something to do with mental health to varying degrees at varying stages in their life and it's really something that's become apparent to me since I've started opening up conversations around mental health is the amount of people around me that I had no idea had, you know, either suffered themselves or had people within the family that that weren't doing so well or lost friends to to mental health and um, the the touch points that there have been for people that I had no idea about is is vast, and I think that that's really important to think about because when we think about the stigma around discussing mental health and the difficulty in opening up that conversation, um, this is challenging for me to talk about right now. I find this really uncomfortable at times and really sort of introspectively, I have to look at myself and say, what am I actually feeling? And that's quite a, a difficult thing at times, but it's it's really worthwhile. Um, but my point there is that it, it's so vast and, and widely impacts people that I had no idea about that I think that most families have something um, that, that, that can certainly relate to in terms of mental health. Everyone has yeah. their own mental health, whether it be good or, or poor at certain points in their life. Um, and we all know what it's like to have those really dark days. Um, and like I said, varying degrees and in varying points in people's life but we all experience some dark moments and it's worth just um opening up that conversation and talking about when we're not feeling so great and really just feeling comfortable to to be able to talk about that and really normalizing that conversation so yeah there there has been i think there is a history of mental health certainly with my sister i'd Mm -hmm. I'd talk a little bit about about my own um peaks and troughs in mental health fitness and you know um 
I that's been up and down, like I say, over the years, certainly no more more so than when my sister took her own life. But previous to that as well, I've certainly suffered um, from mental health problems and, and considerations around, you know, my, my own life. Um, but like I said, that's a lot, a lot wider than we think. I think, you know, a lot of people have, have been I- impacted by mental health in some way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, I, if I ask any questions you don't want to answer, just say so, Ash. I don't want you to feel you know, really um, uncomfortable, okay? No, I really appreciate that, Rich. And um, there's no, there's nothing off limits here for me. There's this is important to talk about, and obviously, I'm not sure how I'll how I'll react a bit emotionally, but um, I'll certainly do my best to answer. There's nothing off limits. Well, you're human, mate. You know, you're allowed to show emotions, man Absolutely. or woman. Absolutely. Um, regarding your sister, could you tell us a bit about your relationship with each other and also what led your sister to sadly take her own life? Yeah, so um, my sister and I, there was a seven-year a seven year gap. So I wouldn't say that we were particularly close, um, probably more for that reason that you know, there was a, a significant age difference, which actually makes quite a big difference when you're growing up together. Um, it was prob- probably sort of later in my sister's life that we actually really quite, you know, connected sort of late teens and, and um, you know, we had a, a much, I'd, I'd say we always had a decent relationship, a very good relationship, but we, ju- we just didn't talk very much, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was... Um, there was a, a large difference, but nevertheless, we were, like I say, we had a, a good relationship um, later in my sister's life. And, you know, for that, I'm really grateful. Um, but having said that, I loved her dearly and and she loved me, I guess. And I've I've kind of suffered a lot, a lot of guilt since my sister's passing. I think that my sister kind of looked up to me a lot and, you know, with that, um, comes a, a burden, I guess, that I feel after my sister took her own life and thinking about what more I could have done and the sort of role model that I could have been and perhaps opened up that conversation to my sister. And I think about my own ignorance before my sister's passing and, um, you know, not really understanding. It's not that I didn't care. And I don't think that that's what I mean when I say ignorance. I think that the ignorance is from just not understanding and probably not approaching the subject with the, um, you know, the vigour that it requires, I guess. Yeah. I was really scared to talk about mental health and feelings of suicide and, um, you know, depression, anxiety. And I, I wouldn't say that I was very open about that back, uh, before my sister's passing and, it's only really since then, like I said, I've had a change in perspective and I think I said those things. I think I said that oh, it's really important that we need to talk about mental health and I don't think I actually preach. Uh, I don't think I actually practice what I preached. Um, and I feel a lot of guilt, like I said, around, around that subject and, and thinking of what more I could have potentially done to, to save my sister and just 
just letting her know that I would have done absolutely anything to to protect her and that in, you know that includes anything around sort of mental health so yeah, the, yeah that that relationship was one where my sister would being the younger one she would kind of follow me around when I was in my teens and she was sort of you know seven eight nine years old um and I, I almost didn't want her to realize that I wasn't cool you know, I kind of wanted to act cool, so I would kind of brush her off and say, no, that's kind of not for you. No, this is my thing, that's your thing. Yeah. And, you know, um, it was really that insecurity, I guess, in myself that, that sort of led me to that. And actually thinking about it, I really just wanted to impress her and, you know, think, make her think that I was cool. And actually I was kind of scared that she would figure me out and, you know, if she got too close to me that... Um, you know, in my teen years that she would kind of suss me out and think, actually, I'm, I'm not that cool. And, you know, thankfully, she never she, she never really figured that out. But um, And she always looked up to me, like I said. But it was, that's that sits with me really heavily. And, you know, there's a lot of guilt around that and not being that open. And I think that that was kind of a closed conversation. You know, I would kind of shut that down. And like I said, it opened up a lot more as we got older. But that relationship was never that strong and open. Um, and, you know, like I said, with that came a lot of guilt when, when my sister passed, thinking about what more I could have done. I mean, have you had any, like, counselling since your sister's passing? Yeah, I have. I've had... Um, I've had two blocks of sessions, which I don't think is a lot, to be honest. Um it was a it was a good few months after my sister passed that I actually plucked up the courage to to seek help, and I think that in some ways that was good, and in other ways it probably wasn't. Um, I think that it, at that time the conversation was a little less raw. It was still very raw. I mean, we're probably talking four months four or five months afterwards, after my sister took her life, that um, I sought my first sort of professional therapy or professional counselling. And I just cannot thank those people enough for... And I don't know what I would have done without that. I think that I was really struggling myself. I had my own thoughts around, you know... I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I had my own thoughts around what it was, you know, taking that pain away and, and thinking what would it be like. And also, really strangely, just being on, um, being in a position to try and think what my sister felt like, you know, what, what was it like for her right on the edge of that, on the precipice of, you know, oblivion and thinking, you know, how did she feel at that moment? And I would almost sort of try and edge towards that, which was really sort of scary for me personally. Um, and that's when I thought, actually, I I'm, I'm really need to seek, I really need to seek my own, my own support and my own counselling. I was very open after my sister's passing and I would open up to my friends within, you know, instantly, within sort of days, I would start talking about, the importance of it and, you know, my own feelings, how I felt and my emotions. And a lot of that conversation, I would, obviously it was still very raw at that point and 
I would break down in tears. And I think that some of my friends really kind of struggled with that, um, knowing what to say or probably just avoiding the, the subject and conversation altogether. And that probably lasted a good few months. Um, and I still, I still have that now where people try and avoid the subject. And it was obvious that I needed to speak about that. And I think one of the things that I've really come to realise is some of the support that I've had, some of the, the best support I've had in terms of talking about my emotions and, and um, opening up about my own experience has been with complete strangers. So, um, you know, stuff like this, but also the professional stuff where I'm talking to someone who obviously very well trained, um, but also to people who don't necessarily have the training but have experiences themselves. So I was I was contacted by a lot of people when I started sort of my own social media posts around sort of mental health awareness. And um, through that, I've had some really great conversations with people I've never met before. And I've probably never, uh, probably will never meet face to face, but it's been really supportive to have people who actually really understand my emotions and my feelings. So there's, there's kind of three elements to it, Rich, where I get the love and support of the people who do know me well. Um, and that's really important as well. I want to make that clear that although my friends weren't necessarily very good at opening up the conversation around my emotions and my own mental health, that actually the support that I got from them was incredible. And, you know, that was kind of one aspect to it. There was the professional aspect, um, which really, really helped me and gave me, that's where a lot of my shift in perspective came from is actually just talking through professionally, trying to straighten out thoughts in my own mind, but making me think slightly differently about certain things and about my own. I talked about my own guilt earlier and, you know, there was a shift in perspective following some of that professional help where actually I, I started to look at things slightly differently and it wasn't necessarily, you know, that I was placing blame on myself. And it just helped me deal with with some of that stuff. And then yeah. the third aspect, like I said, just complete strangers who, out of the goodness of their own heart and their own experiences, just shared what they thought and I'd share mine and some of it, you know, kind of crossed in the middle and we really kind of connected that way. So it's it's interesting. There's, there's so much support out there um, and it comes from the most unlikely of sources. Um, and, you know, it's just really interesting to to be part of that and obviously that's the importance of opening up the conversation yeah i totally agree because when my um adopted mum died basically I, I would say until i met my wife most of the help and support really i got was from as you would say like complete strangers um yeah. Ash, on, on the when you, when you was on bbc radio leads you said that you was on a journey of discovery since 2017. Mm. Has, how has this journey led you to the challenges that you're, you're doing now? Ah, there is, there is a, um, I've, there's a, there's a lady who's just agreed to run part of this latest challenge with me, a complete like I said, and I've just just read her one of her blog posts, and something really connected with me. And it's when 
she said about when the weight of uh, of staying still is greater than the weight of figuring out the challenge of, and making that change, then that's kind of what inspired her to, to, to do something. And I, I completely agree with that statement that I spent a lot of time wallowing. This wasn't an overnight thing, and I, and I still have dark days. Um, I spent a lot of time just um, trying to figure things out in my own mind after my sister passed, and um, a lot of tears and a lot of emotions and a lot of uh, thinking about what I could have done and, and really just sort of placing blame on myself. And actually... The greater moments that I feel inspired by are the ones where I try and channel my energy into doing something more positive and thinking, how can I how can I sit still and, and watch this happen to other people or even potentially happen to myself again? I'm not I'm not the victim here, my sister was. And I think that that mindset that she was in at that time, how could I how can I sit here and watch someone else go through that? And and in silence as well. I had no idea that my sister was going to take her own life. I never really, I, I, some of that guilt I talked about, I, I probably feel guilty because I didn't really take her seriously. And, you know, I never thought that I would lose my sister to suicide. I probably thought that actually there was, um, you know, attention seeking or even, you know, just, um, well, I guess just that really. But that a lot of guilt sits with me for that. And I think, how can I go through that again? How can I sit by and just watch this happen to not only someone I love, but to others who I've, who I've never met? And this is a really important point, I think, is that we cannot just sit by and idly watch people suffer in silence and and then feel bad about it when it's too late. I, this, this could be the first suicide in, in my family. I, I don't know, there may be others. And how can I sit by and just wait for that to happen? I have to try and make a change. And that's where my inspiration comes from. My sister was a, an avid follower of blogs and she had her own blog post called Emerald Countess. Um, and that, so that was around mental health. And I'm just trying to carry that message forward and really just sort of join that movement to strive for better mental health for people. I, just, yeah. I think it's one of those things where if you haven't experienced it, it's um, it's only a matter of time where it will impact you at some point, whether that be you personally or someone that you know or someone in your family or in your friendship group. I can almost guarantee that every person who will listen to this will be impacted by mental health and potentially even suicide at some point. Um, yeah. and how can we sit by and watch that happen, Rich? I know. When, when my um, mum died... Uh, I was going to finish off uh, the rest of her uh, morphine. There was all of them off. There were 70 meals. And if it wasn't for um, the wee Yorkie Emma, you and me wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. I had the police trying to kick the door in. I had ambulance drivers. That wee dog followed me everywhere I went. Just yeah. wouldn't leave me alone. It's amazing. You know, where I think back and what you're saying carries so much I'm trying to think of the right word. It, it just I I I know exactly what you're saying, basically. Mm. Basically that's what I'm trying to say, Ash. 
Yeah, it's a the, the the lady that I mentioned earlier who's agreed to. She's been on an incredible journey, and it's so inspirational. Um, I never say the, the name right, but her name's Alice Amaris. Um, and like I said, I've just I've just met this lady, and I've never actually met her in person, although she's agreed to to do some running with me um, the week ne- next week or the week after. Uh, it's next week. And um, like I said, her blog post is just completely inspirational. And that, that really sat with me, that that point around when the weight of just standing still is is more than actually getting up and making that change. Then, And that's we all know how difficult that can be at times to, to actually get up and take that action. It isn't not impossible for some people in that mindset. Um, but when that weight of sitting still just becomes too much, then putting your energy into something positive like I'm trying to do and channeling myself into a movement for better mental health is completely, yeah, I've seen so many benefits from doing that. Least of all, being a person who hated running before and, and never did running before two months, just over two months ago, end of February and um, now in a position where I'm going to be covering quite a lot of running and I'm actually starting to enjoy it I really think that it's fantastic for my mental health to get out and clear my head and you know just just a little bit more about, about myself but also thinking about what my body can achieve that I never thought it could and it's it's incredible the, the sort of shift that I've had just from forcing myself into a situation of change yeah, I mean that, that's why one of the reasons why me and my friends Paul Val says we do these walk and talks. We actually did one of the first walk, walk and talks to raise awareness of men's mental health. Yeah, because um, I live we live near Dundee. We Dundee played Dundee United, and the coverage we got Ash was fantastic. And we did well. We first walked because. I don't know if you know about Dundee, but the football grounds are very close together. It's about 100 yards. Mm. So what we did, we walked from then, which is the home of Dundee FC, to um, our favourite pub, which Paul owns, the Belgate Bar. Mm. And we were, we were actually on national TV. Wow. And before I went up in the pub, I will never, ever forget it. When I think about it, I just... A massive smile comes on my face. <laughs> That's fantastic. And the things about these walk and talks that we've, we've had, people have enjoyed themselves, but also, more importantly, is they've been able to open up and talk about their mental health. And that's... Even though it might be in a football setting, I've, we've always said, right, from your, this ain't about football, this is about mental health. So, mm. you know... We've had people come down from, sorry, come up from England. Whenever we do uh, a walk and talk, we say anyone and everyone is invited. Man, woman, mm. child, dog, you name it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's a really important point, Rich. And I was mentioning before about, you know, the the conversations can kind of shut down sometimes with close friends. And it's when you really manage to get someone and they open up about their own vulnerabilities that it's so much wider spread than you think is mental health. I mean, I read a statistic about one in four people. I I would go as far as to say it's probably more than that 
But mm. everyone, everyone we know is impacted by mental health at some point in their life, at some point in their life, whether it be them directly or others. And I think that it's just so, it's so eye-opening when people who you just never expected open up about their own vulnerabilities and mental health and that kind of thing. And I've seen that so vastly in my own friendship group, as well as, you know, the people I work with and around me. And I think that just having those types of arenas like you're talking about there, where you, you're walking and talking is, is fantastic because it just gives people that safe space. And I think that that's all people need to be able to talk a little bit more openly about this sort of stuff. So it's absolutely incredible that, the, the work you guys are doing and I think Thank we, you. we need more we need more like that to be able to have those safe spaces we do we do definitely so, do certainly for, for for all people absolutely but certainly for, for many who really do feel you know at times that they just don't have those safe spaces to talk because of the, the kind of perception around mental health and that stigma around um, male bravado and 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 being, uh, you know, a strength, but it's it's not limited to men whatsoever. Um, but mm. I think that everyone should have that safe space. Yeah, I mean, this week, as you probably will know, Ash, is Mental Health Awareness Week. But as far as I'm concerned, every week is Mental Health Awareness Week. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's incredible that we've got this, you know, this opportunity to open up publicly around um, mental health in the week, mental health awareness week. And I hope that, you know, we take that with both hands, but like I'm, I'm on board with you. I think that we should be just talk. We shouldn't be waiting for a week to talk about this kind of stuff. And I hope that that's the case um, that we should be talking about this continually. And that's, that's kind of the point that we're making, isn't it, Rich, about mm-hmm. having that safe space and just being yeah. open yeah. and honest with people like I said, it's it's not always easy to talk about mental health. I, I really struggle. And, you know, bef- I was in, if I could show you the picture of me before the um, BBC Leeds interview, which I'll, I'll share it with you, but it, mm-hmm. I, was, I was in complete and utter tears. I broke down completely. And this is minutes before the interview. And... You know, and that's because of the emotions that are running through my head and the difficulty that I have in talking about it. But I feel so good for doing it, and I'm so glad that I managed to pluck up the courage and, and bravery to, to talk about that on public radio, and it was so worthwhile. And and even the tears matter as well, just that opening up and, and just expressing myself and really trying to sort of think through my own emotions and straighten my own thoughts out in my mind that brought on those tears that's really helpful as well and I think that you know we shouldn't be afraid to share some of that stuff and like I said I'll I'll share it with you guys because it's it's quite a picture to see you know if, if you were listening to it you you probably wouldn't think that but no. literally moments before moments before I went on with um, Leeds, Leeds Radio BBC Leeds oh. my wife said that when you when you crying you're cleansing your aura and that's what i was told myself you know, I, I mean what you just said there i remember when i was working at a care home and my mental health started to really go down yeah. and and i remember i was on the bed and i was all over the place somehow i managed to go and do a shift but really yeah. i think i was very close to 
I think my wife's going to get me admitted. Yeah. I was really, oh, and I remember I was crying and I said to her, i got to get away. i got to get away. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I think, you know, I shared a, a post recently on my on my Facebook page about, about me crying and how that's okay. And there wasn't any, there was no words with it. It was just, um, you know, I had a cry and I, I feel better for it. And, and I cry Ooh. regularly. I cry regularly since my sister passed. I cried daily for at least a year. Um, yeah. And I still cry now. Like I, like I said, I've, I've been in tears this, this week just listening to certain things. I had a, an inspirational um, link sent to me when I asked for, I asked an ultra forum, ultra runners forum for inspirational songs. And in there I found one piece. It was um, a motivational piece of talking, actually not a song. And that just talked so loud to me. And I've put that on recently and it, it just brings me to tears every single time because it means so much to me. And I think it's really helpful. I, I actually invite the tears and I invite that, you know, what other people will see as like a dark moment. And I it's not a dark moment for me. Like you said, it's a cleansing, um, a cleansing of the soul and cleansing your aura, I think you called it. But it was it's yeah. so important that we release some of that tension and that, that emotion so yeah i absolutely invite it and you know i don't think that there's enough of that i'm not saying that everyone should go around and, and cry i'm just saying we should feel open about definitely you know, not put up that that facade in front of ourselves that that says i'm tough we should just be breaking down that barrier a little bit what's more of a challenge having like a history of like say gout and a heart condition or social media deltas? That is a fantastic question and an easy one to answer. Um, the the hardest part of all of this is not the challenges. It's not the physical element, although that's impossible at times. The hardest part of this is the emotional uh, aspect, Have least of all having to deal with the loss of a loved one. Um but also to have to deal with people who just don't believe in, in you, I guess. And those Ooh. doubts, which are in the minority, I have to make that clear. They stand out in your mind and they really shouldn't because there's so much support out there. Um, there was an ultra running forum that I mentioned. There's a Facebook one that I posted in and I said, I'm going to be doing this challenge. Um, I'm going to be running 100 miles in 48 hours. And, and they were kind of saying, you need a year. Some of them were really supportive in saying, you know, you need to be careful and, you know, there's a risk of injury and that's really helpful and, and supportive, um, constructive. But some of them were just like laughing me out of the door and saying, what, you, what you're trying to do is ridiculous. It's, it's not possible. And, you know, just kind of laughing at me. And that was really hurtful at times. And I was thinking about the mission that I'm on and how actually the whole point of this is to try and stop some of that and really, you know, be thoughtful to, to other people. And I think that came across when I replied in in, in the post. And actually, there, there was a lot of support for that, including some of the people who, you know, had, had said some remarks previous to that. So it's, it's an easy one for me, that, Rich. It's having to run 100 miles is nothing. The pain, I mean, the heart problem, the, the gout that I do suffer from, um, I, I have asthma and... Having to deal with all that stuff is just physical. 
that is by nowhere, by no means as difficult as having to deal with the thoughts in my own head and my own guilt and my sister's suicide and the thoughts around what was going through her mind. And I would do absolutely anything to have 10 seconds with my sister, yeah. including run a thousand miles or 10,000 miles. I would, I would do all of that just for 10 seconds. And that, that kind of, you know, sums up, I, I think the, the, the answer to your question that the physical stuff does, it's just a way to get attention really. It's just a way to raise awareness. It's not, I'm on a personal journey as well, but really the whole point of this is to try and shock people and say, right, look over here, look what's going on. It's not about that, it's about the other stuff, the emotional side of things. Okay, Ash, you'd be glad to know I've got one last question for you. I could talk all day to you, Rich. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Um, Every challenge seems to pull on every aspect of your personality of your personality would you agree sorry say that again the line went a pretty bad there rich every challenge seems to pull on every aspect of aspect of your personality would you agree every talent challenge you do you know every challenge challenge. Yeah. yeah yeah so there's there's um i'm i'm doing 10 challenges this year i've done two of them already um, so I had an eating one where people took food away from me. That was really, really challenging. Um, and then obviously there's, I'm try, I'm going on a journey here of, I've talked about my own sort of discovery of myself and my own body and my own mind. And in a way I'm trying to sort of mold myself into the me that I should be. And, and I don't mean that I'm building something false. I almost feel as if I'm just letting myself become who I who I I want to be and who I who I should be already. And some of that involves forcing myself into situations like going for runs or eating a little bit better and thinking a little bit more healthy, getting more sleep. But actually, there's a lot there's a lot coming out of that that's really positive, and actually, I feel better in myself. Um, but each each one of these challenges and each challenge that that we have in life, I guess, does call on, on aspects that, you know, that we have personally. Um, but, but they also make us stronger. That's the point I'm trying to make is the difficulty in losing a loved one to suicide is enormous. Um, and that, that difficulty doesn't go away. I wouldn't say that it gets, I wouldn't say that that gets easier, although it's less raw the thoughts around my own guilt and around what my sister was going through and, you know, the support that she needed probably didn't get as much as she needed. Um, that doesn't go away. But what does ha- what does happen is we become stronger. My family's become stronger and I am certainly stronger now than, than the day that my sister died. Um, and I think that that's, that's important is through challenge – we do, we do get stronger and we do learn to adapt and we do learn to conquer. And sometimes that means taking a step backwards, not forwards. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we should all be moving forwards at all times, but standing still can be really powerful and um, reflecting, but taking time for yourself and, 
you know, maybe not eating healthy, maybe having something that, that makes you feel good. And it's been, I'm been on a strict training plan for this. Um, and there's days where I just cannot bring myself to, to do it. I can't bring myself to go for a run. I can't bring myself to eat healthy. And that's absolutely fine. I had, I think I've had about 12 chocolate biscuits yesterday and that's well out of the, uh, the remit for what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but along the lines of what I normally would eat. And that's absolutely fine. I think, you know, you have to have those days of uh, looking out for yourself, not just for your, for your physical health, but also for your mental health as well. Yeah, I totally and, agree. And like I said, through through challenge, we get stronger. And, and that's that's how your, your personal aspects sort of tie into the challenges that we face, I guess. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, I actually find this sort of podcast a bit of a challenge for, for me because mm. I didn't really speak until I was eight because I had a very violent background. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't if it wasn't for my nan and my love of a footballer who just played for Crystal Palace, which is my local team. <laughs> so sometimes some words I still struggle with, but I find other ways of making myself understood but also if I'm a bit nervous you know the speech can go a little bit sometimes I mean yeah. my, my, my son's really great at helping me he'll break it down I say I know how to how to say it it's actually just getting my tongue around uh, this you know a certain word I'm just I'm just saying that because what what we what, what you've been saying Ash that, you know I, I can identify what what you've been saying and as well, just thought I mentioned that. I think that's a really, really powerful point there, Rich. And, you know, to an outsider, people don't realise the difficulty that we go through sometimes just from being yeah. ourselves. Um, and some people don't realise the that actually through very sort of what might seem like basic things to other people is actually really challenging to others. And... Um, you know, I've I've come across that myself, and there's um, people who've said to me before, well, you know, my mental health's worse than most other people, and that you know that may well be the case, but I think that the, the important thing there is that we all have struggles, and different uh, people have different resilience to to certain things, and we can't actually tell what's going on in someone's mind. So I thought my sister was happy when she took her life she's um she had a young son noah who she absolutely adored um and thought the world of and her whole life revolved around noah she just got engaged and she was in love um and you know it i'd never seen her so happy or what i thought was happiness and you can never tell what's going on in someone's head or the difficulties that they're going through. You can't see that. You have to be respectful of people's challenges and think and take that into consideration when we interact with each other is that actually, yeah, it might just be an ultra running forum and you might just post a comment, but it could be something really detrimental to people. And, you know, we have to just take care around each other and actually just start sharing a bit of love with each other and, um, you know, just some compassion for thinking about when you're at your darkest days, 
if someone yeah. else is having that darkest day today and, and you say something that's really detrimental, how's that going to make them feel? And I think that your point make, rings really true with me that, you know, some things that to other people might seem easy for other people is a challenge. And I think, you know, it's it's worth just reflecting on that and thinking how we respond with each other. Yeah, I think some people, especially on social media, don't really uh, take that into account, do they? No, they hide behind it. It's I can't imagine people saying those things to my to my face. No, no way. Why would they say it in a forum where they hide behind it? And we have to be respectful of those people as well because they may have dark days, and I don't want to. I don't want to slate them. I certainly don't want to call them out by name. But, um, it, you know, we have to be respectful of how they feel and, and what's drove mm-hmm. them to, to do that as well because there's always a reason for people acting a certain way. There's always there's always a reason behind why people say those kind of things. Um, and the, the difficulty with social media is people hide behind that and we don't understand people's stories. It's very impersonal and it's very... You, you never have to interact with those people again. So... You know that that trolling, that trolling aspect to, to social media is horrific, and it, it brings about real challenges. And I think that you know we we all need to do our best to step out of our own comfort zones and say, actually, I don't agree with that, and I don't think that that's right. And you know we should support each other in that way um, because it's it's such a, a detrimental thing to to people's mental health. And actually, I'm really anxious about posting on on uh, social media and you may not recognize that from some of the posts that I put out there but actually there's a lot of anxiety that comes from putting those posts out but that's kind of the way that I'm trying to build a following and build um you know build um um supporters for the um social media sites that have for mind over matter and it's it's difficult to build that following without social media, particularly at this moment in time when there's a pandemic going on and we're not allowed to interact with people. So Mm -hmm. it's something that I've experienced firsthand is that anxiety around posting on social media and whether it's going to land well, what the comments going to be, am I going to get any interactions whatsoever or are people just going to look over it, you know? And that is a lot of anxiety sitting around that. And that comes from people people's interactions and how they interact with the things that I post as well or don't interact with them. I've been second the same. Now I kind of have to think twice because <laughs> I've actually had some, uh, a few years ago, some abuse, quite a lot of abuse about my mental health. And yeah. it really just, it really did, it just, oh, it, I mean, basically at one point I even went to the, to the police about it. So now whenever I post on social media, I really think long and hard about it. Like you just said, how's someone going to interpret this? Yeah, it shouldn't, shouldn't be that way, should it? But um, no. unfortunately, that's how it makes people feel. And and it's it's an unfortunate because it forces other people to act less genuinely. And I think, you know, just trying to be genuine is, is actually quite difficult on social media. And that's, you know, part of what I'm trying to, progress with with my own social media sites um is is that i'm trying to show people that i'm trying to be genuine and actually you know i just want support i'm not after anything but trying to make a movement um trying to make a a, a change for better mental health 
Well, Ash, that comes over really strongly. I must say, it does. Fantastic. Re- you know, I, th- I think what you're doing is is, is amazing. So does Val, and and I, I reckon you're going to smash it. No, no problem whatsoever. Well, I certainly hope so. I've got some big challenges coming up, like I said, um, but but that's that's kind of I won't say it's easy, but that's certainly easier than um, than the alternatives, I guess. And um, you know, hopefully, I will smash it. And if not, then I tried. So yeah, but I'm not going to stop till not going to stop till we see some change. This is kind of you know, this is the first time I've ever done anything of this scale. But I certainly, uh-huh. I certainly got the bug for it now, I think, and that's kind of hopefully I'll do more. So, yeah, fantastic. But before before we go, do you want to give our listeners like links to your fundraising and you know, your, your mind over matter? Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a Facebook account, which is Mind Over Matter Challenge. Um, separate words there, Mind Over Matter Challenge. Uh, and that kind of defines what this is about is actually I'm not that good at running. I'm not that good at uh, playing piano or deadlifting. And, you know, there's various other things in there, but it's about putting your mind to something and actually getting the matter done. Um, so, yeah, Facebook is Mind Over Matter Challenge and Instagram is mind.over.matter.challenge. Um, and there's actually a hashtag if people struggle with those as well. So it's M-O-M-C for Mind Over Matter Challenge, M-O-M-C 2021. If you follow that hashtag, you'll see some of my posts and um, people can support me through there. There's, And it, this isn't about the money. This is about, not about raising money. It's about raising awareness. So obviously yeah. I do have a fundraising, a fundraising page on there and I'd be grateful if people were to support that. Um, but more than anything, what really what I'm after is people to sort of share the message and, really get that that word out to say here's what's going on here's what we're doing about it and if anyone wants to support me by sort of joining me on any of these then absolutely feel free to um i'd be absolutely grateful like i said i've already got people i've never even spoke to approaching me saying i'll do bits with you and and this kind of thing so just getting the word out there is well more important and thank you so much for the opportunity rich you're welcome everyone else I mean, raising awareness is basically us in a nutshell. So we're definitely, you know, on the on the level there with you on that, Ash, definitely. Absolutely. And it's fantastic work you guys are doing. I had a quick sort of look through and it's it's incredible. So keep it up, guys. Thanks very much. Anyway, we'll definitely keep in touch, yeah? Absolutely, Rich. No probs. I'll, um, I'll make sure that we do keep in touch. I'll let you know okay. how things are going and you let me know as well. Of course, of course. Anyway, um, I'll let you go and thank you for spending this time with me on Walk and Blever. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye now. Bye now. Bye. So I had a really great, uh, inspiring chat there with Ash, Val. I know. I just I just felt that I couldn't contribute there. That was absolutely amazing. It was. Um, Really told from the heart, wasn't it? Yeah, about his sister, these challenges, how some people were doubting him on social media. Well, well you've been through that one, yes. Yeah. Well, you've been tortured through social media, yeah, yeah. how it can lead to low self esteem, and you start disbelieving yourself, don't you? Uh huh. 
but also in regards to Ash's um, challenges, how it's helped with me do the walk and talks, and now we've got, you know, our own website, and we're just making amends to our... We have, yes. I know, I know. It's all coming together so well, isn't it? It really is coming together so well. And um, I even said to Ash, it would be nice to maybe meet up with before a point. <laughs> I know, I know. So, yeah. When we're, we, on, when we're en route to Selhurst, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Or Newcastle. <laughs> Is Leeds near Newcastle? No, it's not. Not far. Is it not? No, Newcastle and Leeds ain't far. No. Oh, I want to go to Newcastle. Mm. Yeah, so do I. I like Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah, what an inspiring fella. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, very um, positive, very, you know, making making good from a really bad situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And getting the world to know, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, what happened with his sister will always be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't change that. No. No. Yeah, but what but, he's doing, and will do, I know he'll do it. Yeah, he will. Yeah. yeah, I have faith in him. Definitely. Yes, go, Ash. Yeah, you go, boy. <laughs> you go for it, mate. Yes, you've got supporters here. Definitely. Will we end?